Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome to episode 27. As always, Steve Opolinik, your host on this amazing adventure we call life during a pandemic. Our guest today is Trevor Smith. You'll hear it a little bit on the podcast, but I met Trevor through LinkedIn. I think we had a bunch of mutual friends. He reached out to me because he was interested in working with the Promethean Project and uh, he let us know about a couple of uh, wellness events that were happening in Enfield and invited us to the wellness events because he was presenting at one of them. And so we actually did go to the Enfield Mall and participated in the wellness event that Trevor told us about and got to see him perform a little bit. And after that, I just became really excited about what Trevor does and his whole approach on mental health and wellness and physical health and how they intertwine. So Trevor is what we call a laugh leader. Um, He uses comedy to help people regulate emotional states, physical states, and then just connect with other people and, and really work on finding health in a way that is challenging, but also a lot of fun. And we get to pick his brain a little bit about what it is he does. He explains to us a little bit about how he approaches people, how he's open with people, how he doesn't force people into comedy, but once they're able to let go and give themselves permission to laugh, they're able to slide in and and acclimate to any of the groups that he's doing. He's got a lot of stuff going on. You know, obviously with the pandemic, he can't meet in person, but he's doing some online services. You know, he's got some classes at Springfield College. So if any Springfield College graduates or uh, students currently are listening to this, you should definitely check out his class. Uh, he's teaching a class on psychology of humor. I definitely recommend it. His personality is very contagious. And, you know, we talk about it at the end of the podcast, but he has one of the one of the best laughs I think I've ever heard. Um, so I'm really excited to have him on the podcast, especially during this pandemic and have him remind us that it's important to give yourself permission to laugh. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Well, I really enjoyed your um, um, festival, the uh, well fair, actually, the your health and wellness fair. Yeah. You- Back in the days when we could actually meet. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the, yeah, and I, I imagine so much of what you do is it, yeah. it's hard to do. I mean, you can definitely do it over over the yeah. internet, but I, I feel like the your presence is so much more felt in person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's it's been one of the one of the challenges right now is just kind of making that you know change. You have to adapt to what's happening and 
what, what you're what you, you can do and um, so you have to just kind of reinvent yourself so to speak um, and what you especially what I'm doing you know, right you know, work, work I do and uh, so yeah so it's it's definitely a challenge for sure yeah I feel like a lot of it is finding a new normalcy in in the everyday stuff right. that we 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 were on automatic for so long and and now it's disrupted and we have to find a way to to find that routine again and create a new routine that's right yeah hopefully yeah that's what's yeah that's what's it's, that's pretty much what it's all about right now you know yeah so anyway all right well you, you know what um i usually do like a formal introduction but i, I feel like we already started so right. welcome to the podcast a couple Kill. minutes already into the conversation. Our guest today is Trevor Smith. Hey, Trevor. Hey, hello. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah. So Trevor and I actually met through LinkedIn. He outreached to me because of the Promethean Project, and then we've uh, collaborated a little bit in the sense that he told us about some of the fair, local fairs to go and be have a table at and he actually was one of the presenters at our fundraising fair in February of this year which seems like a lifetime ago <laughs> with everything going on sure <laughs> so Trevor can you um can you give us a little background about who you are and what you do yeah so I have my own um uh, training and well so health and wellness um uh, business as well it's also I do a lot of uh, training and development work as well um, so to give you a little background, exactly how I came into doing the work I do, uh, my background is in uh, recreation therapy. I was a recreation therapist for a number of years for um, some uh, human service organizations uh, in the Springfield area. And as I was doing my work, I was looking for different ways to connect with my clients, folks I was supporting. And I, I was looking for other things to enhance their quality of life. So somehow I came across this organization called the World Laughter Tour and really kind of piqued my interest. And um, I always liked laughing and, and using laughter as a way to connect with each other. Uh, so I did a little more research and I found about how this, this organization trains people to uh, run these programs called laughter clubs. And it really fascinated me. And I was, the more I was looking, the more I found out about, the more um, I said to myself, that something might be a really good fit uh, for the work I do with my clients. Um, so as I um, researched this, I found out that they do these trainings uh, all around the country uh, using this uh, you know, laughter club method. And so I called the gentleman up who ran this organization, and I said, you know, um, what do you do? And you know, do we, you like teach people to do stand up <laughs> or gags or to sketch comedy? And is that what you do? And he said, no, it's really just using laughter and humor as a way to uh, improve people's health and overall well being. And I thought that was so cool, what a different way of looking at it than we how we usually look at, at laughter or humor as something that we should be laughing at, some stimulus or a funny comedian we like or, uh, you know, watching Saturday Night Live and that makes us laugh. Um, but this was a different spin to it. And it was actually, um, so he said to me, well, why don't you come, you know, come to our next training and we'll, you know, you'll go through our training and you'll become a um, certified laughter leader after a couple of days after you get through our training. And I said, wow, that sounds really cool. 
So I did. I went through to a two-day training, and after the two days, I became a certified laughter leader. <laughs> right. And I came back to, um, to my my place of work, and I started doing doing monthly laughter clubs with my clients. And even for that short period, we're just doing it once a month. I saw some great benefits. My, the folks I was supporting were happier and more upbeat and uh, more connected with each other, less behavior issues. They, uh, they felt less stressed. And I could, you know, I could see that. I could, I, I could you know, in anecdotal evidence, I could see that, that what was happening. Um, so I said to myself, so maybe it's something I should be doing more often outside my regular workplace. My, my regular work as a recreation therapist. So eventually, I was starting. I started to do programs, you know, with, with senior centers, and, um, you know, out, uh, um, you know, support groups and organizations like that. Uh, just for free, I didn't charge anybody at that point. And then I said to myself, maybe I should start charging people. For this. Right. right. <laughs> and so it turned into that, and I. Pretty soon, I was kind of you know, developing a kind of small outside business, uh, doing these programs. And pretty soon, I, I I got busier and busier, and I got more into it, and t- took more workshops, more trainings around this this method and, and this this kind of program. And pretty soon, I said to myself, you know, maybe this might be a good time to kind of go in a different direction with my career. This is something I really enjoy. I have a real passion for. And I think it's really needed out there in the world. Um, so I created this business called Blue Sky Consulting, which I've been doing for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you've been doing that for 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's about 10 years now I've been doing this. Uh, and so, you know, I go around to different organizations and groups and how to teach people the importance of laughter and humor and how to add humor in, or how to add laughter into their lives. Um, that is, you know, healthy for them, and uh, it's really a health and wellness tool. I teach people about uh, how important it is to, to use laughter as a way to um, feel good about yourself and, and to create better health. That's amazing, and I and I think it's it's so understated in the sense of, you know, I've seen you do some work when you came to the wellness fair and and did um, a brief introduction of what you do and you ran a couple of the people through some of the exercises you do and i think it's one thing to hear you talk about it and talk about how how connected people are through laughter and how important health and wellness is uh laughter is to health and wellness but to see it it is another beast entirely because it's palpable right? right um what what so let me let me go back a little bit um, you said you were doing ther- therapeutic recreation. Um, what what drew you to that field, first of all? Um, I, I think what drew the name to that field is I always enjoy working with people, especially with people with uh, disabilities. Um, I have always had a passion for that. My father was a social worker and kind of followed his path and saw what he was doing with his career. And, uh, so I always like work, working with people and helping people. And I always had it, you know, um, also a passion in, in, you know, activities and sports and um, outdoor, you know, community-based um, activities and recreation. Uh, so I thought it was a really good fit for me. And, and you know, I had a, a psychology background before that. I had a master's in counseling psychology. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a good kind of mix between, um, you know, recreation and, and counseling. 
um, you know, combine those two, you know, those two fields and going into this area of therapeutic recreation and use it, um, you know, being effective and, um, you know, connecting with people and, and helping people through, through using, um, you know, recreation and leisure, um, you know, modalities or activities yeah. or yeah. treatments, to say. Yeah. I think it's so important because so many people just view counseling or or psychology in general as this oh it's just mental health put put it in its own little box but i do think there's a decent amount of crossover between physical mental and spiritual health and wellness Uh, obviously that's kind of what our model is in the promethean project and um to hear you combining you know the recreational part with the counseling part i think it's really important and it makes sense to where you got to overall with connecting to being a certified laughter um, right. leader and, and kind of developing that connection through that. Right. Um, when you talk to people about what you do, what's the most common reaction you get from people? Um, the, the, the most common reaction I get from people, people think that I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up there doing comedy or jokes. Mm. Uh, that's probably the most common uh, feedback I get or comments from people. Uh, so it's kind of really educating people exactly what I do right. and the benefit and the value it has. Yeah. I, I think it's almost like a badge of honor when, when people ask you what you do and you're able to educate them about things that they, they never thought about before. Right. Exactly. You know, as yeah. a therapist myself, one of the things I get a lot of times when people ask what mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. is they they immediately go to that psychoanalytical aspect and get weirded out by thinking that, <laughs> that I'm analyzing them. And my my response is always the same is I don't have the time to do that <laughs> or the want to do that out of right. session. And so I right. think sometimes just explaining to people what what we do specifically so we can educate them is is kind of like that badge of honor and i feel like that's something i take yeah. pride in and it seems like you really take pride in too absolutely absolutely i think i think it's uh it's yeah it's i, I think it's definitely a badge of honor and really you know it makes makes the work much more interesting you know it really does and rewarding yeah so can you can you give us a little bit of uh background you mentioned the certified laughter leader um training mm-hmm. and you mentioned that it's not stand-up it's not you telling jokes can you give us some insight and in, in what it looks like when when you're doing what you do it's really it's, it, it what really is it's really you know uh, doing exercises and activities you know, action-based activities uh that um engages people in laughter so it, it what i how i explain it is it's kind of like improv in a certain way in that you do these exercises and you, you're, um, uh, you know, it's, it's action-oriented exercises that, um, you know, engages you in laughter. So there's all kinds of different kind of laughter exercises and noises and um, ways to um, engage in laughter without using comedy or jokes, but it's more um, kind of activity-based and it's just creating different exercises and, and that gets people engaged in laughter or triggers laughter, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, it's, it's a visual thing. So it's easy to, you know, talk, we can go back and forth and talking about it. Um, but when you really see it, you, then you'll really understand what it's all about. Right. 
and yeah. I and I think that um, at the at the fundraiser, uh, the wellness fair, I right. wasn't I wasn't in that circle of people, but because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off, making sure everything was run, running effectively. Um, yeah. But it was it definitely was a palpable feeling as you got closer and as you kind of witnessed it. It's like I have no idea what's going on, but it looks amazing. And you can feel that connection of, of what's happening. Yeah, no, it's so, so true. And, you know, it's interesting when I do these, you know, workshops and trainings. And uh, a lot of people are, you know, a good amount of people in, in, you know, in a certain group that I work with are very apprehensive. They're not really too sure what, what to expect. You know, people think I'm, I'm coming in to do a, like I was saying earlier, like a comedy show. And they're going to sit there and hear jokes and just laugh. Um, but um, I, I think it, it's, it's really interesting because it, it does take people outside their comfort zone and into a different mindset of how to use laughter. Uh, and that's one of the things I, I try to teach people, you know, get out of that mindset of this feeling, you know, this, you know, funny, you know, laughing at a funny joke or a funny comedian. Uh, but laughter is much more, much more than that. The laughing at some stimulus, but it's really using it as a way to, you know, you know, better your health, like I was saying, but also how we connect with people. It's a, it's a real connector. It really is. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going and, and connecting with people and connecting them with each other. What are some exactly. of the, um, you've mentioned it, but uh, what are some of the benefits of laughter uh, for physical health and and mental health. Yeah, well, well, one of the things that that it really helps with uh, your breathing. Um, you know, you create a better. Um, it, you know, you feel better inside. You, you're, you know, stress reduces stress, reduces anxiety. Uh, it also helps to uh, strengthen the immune system, which fights off diseases and infections. And um, there's some research about um, how it helps with uh, preventing, you know, certain. Um, anti-cancer activity mm-hmm. uh, or cells. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then another thing that it really does, it really kind of um, helps you, you know, with the blood flow. Uh, so there, there are all these, you know, there, I can go on and on. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many. But those are some of the main ones I really try to focus on. And I think it, it makes sense in, in just some of the research I, I've done on it is mm-hmm. the way – laughter engages your nervous system it's yeah. really regulating to your nervous system because when you right. think about it you, you have to come to laughter in, in a place of connection a place of calmness in a place of um you know feeling open to other people and regulating with other people um, because right. you can't if you're if you stay in that stressed response um your body's not really engaged towards that so if you can kind of give in and, and and connect with those people and connect with the laughter it's really shifting between parasympathetic and, and sympathetic well from Absolutely. sympathetic to parasympathetic right and it works on that vagal tone of, of the vagal nerve and then right. you know you're digesting things correctly and so immunity is, is strengthened and, and things of that nature so it's awesome right. that you know something we we've experienced with friends and family mm-hmm. as something that's just fun is actually really healthy for us. Because one of the, one of the biggest things I get in doing the work I do in exercise or nutrition or counseling is 
oh, you know, all this stuff isn't fun, you know, to go for a run or to start, you know, a diet or start eating nutrition, nutritiously is, is not always fun. And this is something healthy for you that you can do and enjoy and have fun at the yeah. same time and really feel connected. Well, I also compare it to like when people, I'm sure you've, been, you know, I don't know if you've ever been jogging or use that as exercise, but mm. after what I do in these my programs, it's a lot like being on a runner's high. Yeah. Once you get into it, you know, it gives that you that runner's high where you feel like really good, you feel really energized, um, and, and that's how you feel. That's how you feel when you do these um, laughter exercises and activities. Yeah. Uh, Put you on that runner's high, which is so, awesome. so helpful for you. Yeah. So you, you did mention that uh, working with people, you have to break them out of their comfort zone and, and get them to fully be present and fully engage in that. Well, or do you have any tips or tricks on how to help people engage in that? Um, I, I think some of the things that I do is really creating a really, you know, supportive, non-threatening environment for people. Um, I don't go up there and say, you know, you're forced to do this or that. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with anything we do, you can just sit back and just watch. And I've had numerous situations where that's happened where people just sit back and watch. But when they see what's happening and they're not part of the fun, they want to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, like, engages that fear of missing out response. Right. And, you know, it's such a group-oriented uh, program. So people are not put on the spot. I don't put people on the spot. I don't tell people to come up and do a joke or, you know, lead an act activity or anything like that. Um, I just, you know, it's just so it's so group oriented, and, and everybody's involved in, in, in throughout the program and, and how we, you know, how the program is structured. Um, so yeah, I think that's part of it too. You're not put on the spot. You're not like, like I was saying, you're not put there you know, in front of the whole group where you have to do something or do something silly or feel embarrassed or whatever it may be. Um, but it's such a group oriented um, program. And yeah, so it's really creating that really positive environment, that supportive positive environment. Nice. Yeah. And I got to imagine the fact that you're approaching it from a place of being open and, and probably vulnerable and leading some of these exercises is also welcoming for, for the people you have come in seeing you, almost have no none of those barriers to and being real and vulnerable in that moment makes sense that's right that's right yeah and, and, and it's interesting because we you know i think as humans all of us we don't always like going outside our comfort zone we want to be comfortable right we want to be safe and, um but I, I think this really i think in a good way challenges people uh really challenges people to go outside their comfort zone and, and do something that's healthy for them and Maybe not, not something they've always thought about doing or thought that would be healthy for them or, or you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think this is a really great way to really get people to, to um, uh, for personal growth, too. You know, personal growth around, or professional growth, too. Um, and how, how to, you know, really expand their horizons. Yeah, I can, you know, I could, for me, it's very akin to dancing in front of people. When That's you, right. When you first go to start dancing in front of people, your movements are, well, for me at least, my movements are really rigid. I'm in my head. Are people judging me? I'll, I'll, I'll sit this one out. And then by the time I get acclimated to it and start moving and let go of those precursors of, of what are people thinking, I have so much fun 
just right. dancing <laughs> like crazy. Uh, doesn't look great, but at, at that point I had let go of that preconception that it has to look great and just experience it. And I feel like that's very akin to what you do with people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, we do some dancing in my programs too. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How do you, um, you, you know, we talked about personal growth and, and, professional growth and i and i'm a big believer that you have to be vulnerable to grow because otherwise you're just holding on to the same routine and nothing changes and and growth isn't able to take place in that but how did you get to a point where you felt comfortable enough doing some of these exercises or was that a thing were you just perfectly okay going in and learning this and and teaching this or did you have some of those hang-ups as well uh, may, maybe a little bit. I mean, I've always, you know, been comfortable running groups and facilitating groups and doing different kind of, you know, running different kinds of programs and activities for people. Um, so I think, you know, for the most part, it wasn't a stretch for me, but I do. There's some parts of it that were a little uncomfortable. You know, some of the exercises I thought that were really silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've been using, I still use them. I think they're great. Uh, but that, that, you know, when I started starting doing this work, yeah, there was parts that were, that was, it was kind of uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, especially around, you know, really convincing people and, and educating people of the importance of this work and these exercises and um, the whole world of, you know, how, how we, um, you know, better ourselves through laughter and how important that is. Um, so yeah, there, there are some parts that were, were kind of a challenge, were kind of a challenge for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think back to when I was doing my practicum for counseling at Springfield college and, and how I felt uncomfortable in front of people and it really affected my ability to be present in, in counsel, um, right. and trying to make my, my style fit a certain theory or practice. Yeah. And then when I started letting go of that and started embracing who I was as a counselor, it, it completely yeah. shifted my connection with my clients that I see. And if you ever come to my office, you'll see pictures of Captain America up on the wall. Really, I have my own Captain America shield I made for Halloween one year hanging up above my desk. It's, it's, very, it's very me, and it took me a really long time to find that. And I've seen people connect better because of that. Some of the kids I counsel, I challenge them to to games of Uno for our first session so we can have fun and and just kind of connect in that way. And then we make it a game of, oh, okay, whoever wins the most can dare the other person to do something silly in the waiting room. Right. And a lot of times it's not because I want them to do something silly, although sometimes that happens uh, because I'm an Uno champ, you know. So, But those those small times where I actually do lose – I feel like it's really good for mm-hmm. my therapeutic relationship with them because it shows them that I'm also open to being uncomfortable and trying something new. I've had kids make me do the worm across the floor in front of, you know, other clients and and, and their families and other counselors and the office staff in the office think it's really funny because they never know what I'm going to do when I come, come out of my office. That's right. Uh, I think that's important too. I mean, show your own vulnerability as a as a practitioner. I think it's really uh, important. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Um, it shows, you know, you know. It, it, I think 
it make, makes you really connect with, with you know with your clients and your patients, uh, and, I, and I think that's really important. Great. So how do you uh, how do people go about like attending any of your sessions, or how do they get a hold of you to to do any of this stuff or learn any of these things? Yeah, so a lot of people, people can reach out to me at my uh, my website, which is uh, Blue Sky Consulting, all one word, dot us, or they email me at tsmith at blueskyconsulting.us. All right, and I'll I'll be sure to put those in the show notes so that people um, will be able to email you or go to your website and check it out. Yeah, and, that'd and be great. Great, yeah, and I also do been doing some online um, uh, programs now too. So that's, that's that's how we are right now. But I'm doing I'm been starting to do that and develop programs um, through virtually. Oh, fantastic! I know we yeah. were we were talking a little bit about that at the beginning. Um, right. What have you noticed is the difference in that? Is, is there something you have to highlight more because it's not face-to-face, or is there a different direction you go into? It's, it's, it's a little different. Um, you know, it's obviously it's not face-to-face. No, you're not face-to-face, but it's through, you know, through the computer. <laughs> uh, but it's just kind of, you know, kind of, you know, adopting some exercises in a way that um, that kind of makes it, more, you know, that helps everybody get involved virtually, you right? Know, whatever, whatever platform it may be, may be on, uh, and, and finding ways to to, to you know, just really engage people in, in exercises that maybe I might not normally do if it, if, in this way, uh, but it's just you know adopting it to you know the needs of the group. Nice. You so know? one of one of the things I've found in uh, working with people is. You know, I, I definitely don't have as, as many uh, tools in my toolkit with, with the laughter aspect. But I, what I found when I've done some vagal nerve toning and, and working with those shifting between parasympathetic and sympathetic right, is, right. you know, using laughter to kind of shift some of those those spaces. And one of the things I always notice, and we've talked a little bit about this, but when you ask someone to laugh or do a certain kind of laugh, at first, they're really hesitant because it seems so bizarre because you're never really put on the spot to do that. And then, you know, even if they're a little resistant, they tend, they tend to laugh as it continues going. Like a really natural belly laugh comes out of that, whereas before they've done some fake laughing because it was forced and it eventually transitions into real laughter and real connection mm-hmm. with what's going on. Right. Um, have you seen that happen a lot in what you do as well? I do. I have seen that a lot uh, in working with different groups. And, um, definitely, absolutely, and I think that's really um, a really good point. It really is and how we use how we use laughter uh, in connecting with each other. How we connect with each other. It's so important. Yeah, one of the it, you know the thing I like about that is there's that old saying you know you fake it until you make it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that saying because I don't think it's really fake I, I think it's a beginning process to allowing yourself to connect to it and, and actually feel it um, yes. but I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting and funny that you can you know make yourself connect and actually enter that that system of um, participation 
through fake force of it. Uh, yeah. That's not really the best way to put it. I don't know how I would put it, but I, I really do think it's it's interesting because I've seen it when I've done leadership groups for, for adolescents as well. They tend to half-heartedly join in the activity we're doing, and then by the time it's five minutes in, they're full force in it because I think they I think part of your brain and body, one, you're connecting with the, the environment, but then two, you realize to be half-hearted in it is actually more awkward than to be genuine in this situation. That's right. And also, a lot of it also what you know, we're talking, this is a good segue into what I was thinking is, is really giving people permission to laugh. And I work with a lot of adult groups. And as adults, we don't laugh. <laughs> you know, we live in oh, a yeah. society, especially right now, where we take everything so seriously and we have responsibilities, we have family to take care of, we have jobs that we're that we have that we you know we want to keep, <laughs> um, so it's it's really training people, uh, or or give, actually giving people the permission to laugh and to be as silly as you want, uh, and using that in a way to you know to connect with people to create better health for yourself, and just for uh, you know just as a, as a toolkit for for each and every one of us and how we use laughter, and I also teach people. Um, some takeaways too. You know, there's a thing I called. Um, this is called six practices of good hard living. And each day, how do you add more laughter to your day? Um, and I, I go through that and, and teach people. This is something you could do on your own. This is something you do with a, a friend or a, a group of people, and and do it every day. You know, it's, it can be simple as so. Um, one of the practices that I I teach is Mondays are for compliments. Give somebody somebody a compliment, um, and you'll be amazing. You'll be amazed on how that feels, not just for the other person, but also for yourself. Right. So things like that, I, I think, are really important. Um, you know, to really add to you know the importance of laughter. I think that's awesome because I think if you pay attention to giving people compliments as adults, it's a lot harder. I feel like we lose that art, but when you pay attention to how you interact with younger kids or if you have any children or, or nieces or nephews and you engage with them and you pay them the smallest compliment, you can see Mm -hmm. almost immediately how that shifts their demeanor or their mood or how connected they are and and how they value what you're saying. And we lose that over time because you know, I I think it's harder to read adult adult, or as we get older, it's harder to read people in that same way, and and I don't think we're as mindful of it. So I love that you're bringing that into to what you're doing because I do think there's a huge payoff for everyone. Absolutely, I think as, once we come out of all what we're going through right now, I think that that there's a real need for this. There's a real need to for people just to, to laugh again, to have you know to connect with each other. Um, not so much virtually, but in person eventually at some point. Uh, and I think laughter plays a big role in that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely having some down days and I know that I, I tend to regulate some of that if I spend time with my daughter and she's just telling me jokes that may not personally make sense, but really connect with me in a way that just gets me laughing or, or, even some TV shows, right? Like giving yourself permission to laugh at the silliest things. I was watching Brooklyn Nine Nine last night or the other night, and there was a gag in it that wasn't that funny. Like one of the characters cut off their thumb while he was carving turkey, 
but I laughed so hard <laughs> on that and it just completely shift shifted my dynamic of, of what the day was like. Uh, yeah, it really, it's amazing how it changes your whole mood. It really does. It's, it's really incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, we don't, <laughs> it's it really is amazing. So Trevor, I have, um, a couple questions left that I want to ask you too, that, that I ask every podcast. I always end the podcast on, um, but one before that is, I know that last time we spoke, you were talking about how you're, you're a professor at Springfield college. What kind of classes are you doing there? Yeah. So right now I'm teaching a course on humor. It's called, it's called the psychology of humor. And so I've been teaching that this, this spring and I taught a course, uh, this past fall called, um, the science of happiness. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so, so it's all, all connected. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really exciting to, to teach people the importance of, uh, I go, I cover more than just laughter, but more how, how we use, you know, what's, what things makes us happy in life and how we use different, um, ways to, um, create happiness in our lives, you know, whether it's joy or how, how do we, how do we find joy in our lives and how we, how we find pleasure. Um, all those things are, all those things are really important to, to focus on. I think that's, that's great for a college setting. Yeah. Like a hundred percent because so, so much of that is rigor based. And I think to have a class that's talking about joy and, you know, a lot of psychology classes are, about theories and how you practice psychology, but it, it, it's great that you're having a class that talks about the importance of joy and, and happiness and, and humor and how that could, we could practice that in the field of psychology, but also with ourselves. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's great. It really is. It's, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, definitely a popular class. People really uh, enjoy it and, and try to make it um, interactive and try to get people or the students really involved in the learning, which I think is really important. And, you know, I love Springville College just for that fact. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. It's... So my last two questions are the way I end every podcast and you can answer them in any order that you want. They're kind of connected. So the first one okay. is if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Okay. And then the second one is, what do you think superpower is? Okay, so the first question is, what superpower I, I wish I had? Yes, yeah. Um, I wish the superpower I wish I had right now uh, in my life is able to. Um, oh no, let's see, it's a hard one. Hmm. I think it's like a, a, a ability to fly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, go around, fly, go go anywhere I want, and just you know, be up in the sky and enjoy enjoy nature and enjoy the beautiful scenery wherever I may go while I'm flying. Yeah, um, so that's superpower I, w I wish I could have. Hey, and it would let you travel and stay six feet away from people at this point that's too, right, so uh, that, <laughs> that works well. Right. <laughs> You'd be Superman. Um, so the superpower that I feel I have right now is I think I am a person who has a lot of um, compassion for people, um, and, and I, and as a, you know, I think I have a very good um, sense of of connection with people. 
and yeah. people comfortable, and, you know, helping people to feel better about themselves. I think that comes through and, you know, I've only seen you in, in one aspect, but I think it definitely comes through in any of the work I've seen you do. A lot yeah. of those people at, at the fundraiser left really, really in a good state. So oh, I, I really appreciated you coming and I really enjoyed it, even though I wasn't able to yeah. be there in the front row participating. I enjoyed watching it. Well, thank you. That means a lot. It really does. And I'd also say, um, you have one of the best laughs I've ever, <laughs> I've ever heard. So. <laughs> you're kind of, you're kind of hear, built hear for this. I hear that a lot. It's interesting. And, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, we all have, that could be another superpower, having a great laugh. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of the Joker's powers. I mean, he's not a superhero, but you know, right. He's got some cunning, at least. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, Trevor, before we end, any last words of wisdom or any advice or information you want to put out there? Yeah. I just, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention before we end here is as we're going through what we're going through right now in the world, um, the importance of using, having positive emotions and, and thinking positively. And also finding ways to laugh with people in your life. You know, it'd be simple as picking up the phone and calling somebody you haven't talked with for a while and laugh with them. Or not, you know, or just connect with them. Uh, and I, I think that's really important right now. Uh, the sense of, of being able to connect with each other, no matter what that may look like right now. Um, and also, you know, finding ways to, just to really, you know, be in that positive mindset. And I think laughter helps that. You know, using laughter in a way that that's, that helps with your positive emotions and being connected in a positive way with people. That's awesome. And, and wise words, especially for this time, but just in general, wise words anyways. Um, so I'm glad you reemphasized that and, and put that out there. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time here. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm honored and blessed to have you on. So thank you so much for coming and, and bringing with you all the awesomeness that you are. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at the Promethean project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.